Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Brave School Podcast. I am so happy to have you here. So happy to have you here. It is going to be a really good episode. Oh my gosh, this is, oh, this conversation is so juicy, y'all. We're talking about dreaming up the new world. We're just going in. Me and Alex go back all the way to 2016, back when he was running and founding Car Window Poetry. Car Window Poetry is a beautiful project. I dare you to go look it up. Full of breakingly tender kindness, uh, just radical kindness all over the place. Basically, he would go around and put little slips of poems inside of people's windshield wipers. How amazing is that? He then went on from that and started sharing with kids in schools to uh, help them to see the power of kindness. And since then, I've been so inspired by all of Alex's work and his voice in the world. He is a super profound dude. I'm really happy to know him and call him an internet friend. Alex Lewis is a writer, social media specialist at Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream. So he's like running all of that shit, y'all. Like, go look it up. It's so dope. He's the founder of Car Window Poetry, co-host of the Brave Little Book Club, and podcast host of the Words Matter podcast and the co-host of Alex and Koku podcast. Rooted in Columbus, Ohio, Alex cares deeply about advocating for LGBTQIA plus folks, encouraging kids in their creativity, music, and Denver Nuggets basketball. I'm super excited to have Alex here on the podcast. This conversation was so juicy. I'm excited to have him here. If you've been in Building Brave, you have probably heard Alex talk about reimagining what marketing can be, rehumanizing marketing, finding your dedicated community. He was amazing back in our summer cohort. I just look forward to the day that, well, maybe we could have Alex at a physical on-location retreat. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in the future? But I'm just saying that if you have heard Alex before, I can't wait for you to hear him again on this podcast. And by the way, Building Brave is now open for enrollment. It's super juicy. We have some amazing guests who are going to be coming through. I cannot wait for you to join us. Sign up at the link in the show notes. Let's get into this episode, y'all. Welcome to the Brave School Podcast. We explore the intersection between entrepreneurship, mysticism, and creative courage through human-centered curiosity and storytelling. This podcast is narrative medicine for the wild-hearted artist and entrepreneur who longs to show all the way up to their creative process. We hope you enjoy. A local circus troupe who is doing a production on sexualized violence. And they're trying to figure out how to do tour in this next year. They've been on pause for a while. So it's been really fun. Um, huh. I've gotten to do stuff with them in the past, and now I'm working with them as a strategist. So it's just really fun to explore with them. This yeah, new world. Cool. <laughs> right. That's such a, yeah. such a unique, like kind of fun space and probably intersection of like a lot of the worlds that you play in as well mm-hmm. yeah like theater and performance and I don't know it's just so it feels like the performer aspect of me uh is like asleep mm, yeah. right now since yeah. the pandemic but like probably needed to fall asleep like that that starving artist archetype beat it to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it, it feels, yeah. I mean, I, I think with like the, the pandemic too, like it's, there are some of those like necessary uh, pauses or, mm-hmm. you know, even like deaths at times that probably just needed to happen. Cause you know, it's almost, it becomes a reminder or a, rebirth or awakening of something so that's 
it's it's cool to hear like you kind of put it articulate that in that way of like mm-hmm. you know having that part of yourself and you know probably those ideas like kind of fall asleep in a sense to bring life or awareness to something else mm-hmm. yeah I think that's like part of the creative process too with a lot of things like I sometimes I feel like I feel like you know with a creative process it can be easy to think that it has to be this like you know ravenous like hard like you know just this like really wildly romantic thing right right all the time um and you know starving and not sleeping and like not taking care of yourself or your finances or your house or yeah yeah smoking a lot of cigarettes and drinking a lot of alcohol and right. hang out till 4 a.m like for some reason that's become a part of like the culture of creative process totally yeah yeah i mean i know in like the probably for both of us like the mm-hmm. spaces that we tend to uh spend a significant amount of time in like the there's a lot of the talk of like you know you gotta you gotta grind you put your head <laughs> down like you hustle on this like you uh you know your your work becomes your life in a sense and mm. uh it's it's one of those things that i've noticed that uh I think at times how easy it's been for me to like enter into that space or fall into it. Um, Just Mm -hmm. in a sense, like the way that I'm wired is sort of achievement driven in that sense, but then Mm -hmm. uh, to also have, you know, times over the past few years where I realized for me, like how unhelpful it was Mm -hmm. and even harmful at times, like being in that mindset. And so uh, I've tried to, I think, you know, just navigate like, and even, you know, search within myself, like what does rest look like? What does taking time away from this look like? What does, you know, Mm -hmm. this not like this work, this job, like Mm -hmm. how does that not become my life? How do I, you know, reclaim, reclaim the parts of me that are you know that feel energizing and feel life-giving you know I love that so you mentioned a couple of things there that piqued my interest because I'm a nerd about it but like your wiring Mm. um like what is your relationship to that like what cosmic profile do you identify with today (laughs) (laughs) so I I know for uh for me, like the, the, I think my first like sort of foray <laughs> into trying to figure out like what some of that was, um, you know, probably similar to a lot of folks was the Enneagram mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and starting to dive into that just as an exploration of like, what are the, what are the things that, you know, I've sort of come to believe about myself, you know, some Mm. of those things like being like not true things that I've believed about myself and I've internalized and in turn made decisions based off of. Um, Mm. And for me, like as I started to learn more about the Enneagram and kind of get more into it, and I'm not like a uh, like a Enneagram head or anything like that, but uh, getting into it, like I noticed like, oh, like okay, the profile of like a three, Mm -hmm. uh, like it makes sense to me. And at the time, like I was, uh, I had just started this project, Car Window Poetry, and Mm -hmm. was doing that in addition to uh, my nine to five job doing social media for Mm -hmm. a nonprofit. And it was like being in that space, um, I was, you know, I I found myself being very, like achievement driven and like Mm -hmm. very external about the the work that I was doing and how it was performing and really it was out of a sense of like 
I want to tell this story because if I don't, like, I don't know if other people are going to know about it. And I want to have as many people get involved in this as possible. And so as I started to tread into that space, like you also start to, uh, you know, other people have opinions on like how they think you should navigate it, kind of your, you know, how you're going about things. And for me, like that whole project kind of just started out as like a fun, like, I think is like the, the, my two wing kind of came into play. Cause it was like, mm-hmm. I just like, I want this to be a project that's more helpful than something that like I'm getting rich off or something like that. Um, and so as I started to, uh, you know, get into that and have some of the opinions of others kind of come into play where it's like, you could be making money with this, or you could be doing a whole lot more with this, or, you know, even to start to think about myself in the context of like, I'm a brand and mm-hmm. I can take what I've, you know, learned and experienced here and be able to uh, be able to extend that to other mm-hmm. people and be compensated for that. Uh, for me, it became uh, kind of this draining process, but also I felt like it sort of sh- moved me away from the uh, the things that I actually wanted to prioritize, which were like mm-hmm. my personal relationships and uh, personal health and well-being. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as I started to get into that space and have some of the like really hard moments of understanding that like that wasn't for me. Um, You know, I also started to see like, actually I'm like, I'm human. And uh, there was a book that I read at the time uh, called the spirituality of imperfection, which was really helpful for me because it was like, Hey, Alex, you're, you're not perfect. Like you have, uh, you know, parts of you that, uh, you know, are just, you're trying to figure out and like, that's okay. And there's, there's messiness that comes with that, but like, that's also like that in itself is like the way that it should be. And like, you will continue to evolve. And so I think being able to like Mm. lean into my humanity a little bit more and be aware of the fact that like, I have this, uh, I have this like achievement driven uh, part of me was like helpful to know like how deep I can go into that and how, you know, actually like detrimental it can be and then start to begin to, uh, you know, in a way like build out for myself, like, all right, what is the actual kind of life that I want to be? What is the actual kind of person that I want to be here in this time on earth that I have? Like, how do I want to be able to, uh, you know, show up in a way that is good for me and good for others. Mm, I love that. Those are really, really powerful thoughts. And I'm just kind of soaking them in Mm. because I think that what you've described is something that a lot of creatives experience is just, I don't want to lose myself in this work. Yeah. And there's like not like, I don't know if this is it for you, but like I've certainly had projects where I've been like, there's just not enough magic here in it for me to want to be able to like make this my, my sustainer. Right. Because the magic is being lost into like the fray of hustle. Yeah, Yeah. And the hustle isn't worth like the, just like the outcomes are just not weighing out. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I think for me, cause even just the specific example of like Carwin no poetry, like mm. I knew that it wasn't like the thing for mm. me, you know, if there yeah. is like a thing, but uh, you know, I like throughout college, like I dreamed of, uh, you know, being able to create space for kids Mm -hmm. to like make things and to have, uh, you know, adults around who care and are able to support them in their 
create creative endeavors or creativity, however they want to go about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was something for me that, you know, I think will always be uh, a part of like how I see kind of my life's work and like how close I can get to uh, that place within like the different spaces that I occupy. But like, uh, you know, Carwino poetry for me was like, this is a uh, an opportunity to, uh, you know, to be able to create like a physical platform and a note yeah. card where people can write, where people can, uh, you know, be able to put out the words that are within them. And then uh, not only encourage people with their creativity, but mm-hmm. in the positivity of that experience, like be encouraged in it and as well. And like, hopefully want to do more of that. And so mm-hmm. it was a, a manifestation of, you know, a larger thing. And so like when it started to kind of tread into the space of people being like, this could be the thing for you. Like mm-hmm. internally, I was like, no, like, I, no. I, that's not, that's not what I want it to be, nor is this like how I, uh, you know, how I envision this. And so um, it was definitely like, now at this point, like I pretty much have, you know, the way that I kind of look at it is like, Mm. it's outgrown me in a sense. Like it it wasn't something that like, I never needed to be like the, the, the center of really. And so Mm. the fact that like, it's now available for people to participate in it, how they want to participate. And I can just kind of keep that space open and let people come to it as they will. Um, For me, like that's enough to know that just like people have the possibility to, uh, to jump into that if they want to. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, I think for me, it was like a definite, just a, uh, it taught me a lot about like what, what I wanted, what worked for me and, you know, Mm -hmm. also what, didn't necessarily. Yeah. I love that. I love this because car, I remember, I remember like those times of watching you build car window poetry, just like random, rando internet person on the sidelines. Um, and I remember just like being like, Oh my gosh, this is so inspiring like Alex is going to be like the next Brandon Harvey. Like we already <laughs> know what the business is. He's going to be the next here. the third, like we already know. And it felt like you were heading toward that direction and you were receiving validation from folks like that who mm-hmm. in the space who saw the wonder and magic of this process. But I think it's so amazing that you were able to find this moment of radical honesty and say, this is really beautiful what I created. It's full of wonder. It is full of magic. This idea wants to live in the world, but I am not the vehicle anymore. And, you know, how can that be okay? How can I honor myself and let this idea like float off into the ether and live as it wishes and live as it wills? And I think, I think a lot of us like fear doing, we, 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 I almost think of ideas as like children Yeah, yeah. that like we as creators. And I think this, like a lot of what we're talking about here is like being products of living in a capitalistic world for sure. Yeah. But like we see our ideas and we're like growing them, feeding them. But like, every idea doesn't have to have a marketing plan and every idea doesn't have to have a business strategy and not every idea is going to carry us into the riches and not every idea wants to do that. Like not every idea wants to grow up to be your next business. Um, And like seeing that like has helped me to be like, Oh, okay. So I can still be a creative. And just because my idea doesn't want to be like, a multi-million dollar business or whatever it doesn't mean that i failed at it it just means right. that my relationship to this concept is can't be like suffocated by capitalism yeah 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 i mean the 
Yeah, it is. It like that's one of the things that I still probably reflect on the most as part of that experience was it was in a way like my first time, you know, taking an idea uh, of that manner, like putting it out into the world and then seeing kind of how capitalism like takes shape in a sense, like how people uh, like the different things that the different messages that we've internalized as like living within this system to say like, oh, here's something good. Let's commodify it. Yeah. Um, and that was, uh, you know, it, it was, it, it was frustrating, I think, to, mm -hmm. to be in that space and to say like, no, <laughs> like, that's not mm -hmm. what, that's not what I want to see happen here. And I, I think mm -hmm. like, the uh you know and at the like at the beginning of like first starting starting the project like I remember uh a friend of mine he was you know like we had just gotten word that NBC Nightly News was going to be doing a story on the project and he was mm -hmm. like well hey you should put together like these uh you know like these bundles you could do them with like cards and stickers and uh, you know, and just make them available for people to be able to pick up because at that time, mm. like the cards weren't downloadable for free. So it was like, that was yeah. the only way to really be able to participate in the project at that time was by like actually buying the cards. And so this was a way to be able to sort of have that control the experience in a sense have that come from me versus it come from a third party vendor and uh you know and it was like at the at the time it was like yeah i mean that's what we have to do and then as it sort of i remember a uh i remember this woman was like what if you just made the cards available for free and i like it was the most freeing thing just to be like yeah mm -hmm. like let's put that let's, let's put that out there. Like, let's okay. make this so people can actually like just participate when they want to. And that makes it easier for me to then be able to like go into a classroom and like print off a bunch of these in bulk and like, you know, invite kids to share in this with me. Um, and then I think beyond that, like as the different like money making type things started to come into play some of those like suggestions or recommendations like that's when it became more frustrating because it was like no I have this and like kind of in the spot where like I want it to to be mm -hmm. uh and so to then add that you know add potentially like throw a logo on a card or something like that it felt like mm -hmm. no like that is that is not that is not what uh that's that's not like the life that this is that this project is supposed to supposed to have right now and so i've definitely mm -hmm. been like processing that uh you know as i've kind of moved a little bit further from that experience just thinking back on it in the context of like how does like capitalism like put us in a place of making us think that like for something to be good, it has to have a dollar sign attached to it. It's like that's the the value that it is like denoted. And so, um, yeah, like it's it's definitely been an interesting process since then of just trying to like make sense of it. Mm, I love that. I really love that. I feel like a lot of creatives can relate to that feeling of just like, oh my gosh, you know, like. I, I don't want to sell this aspect of my creative world. Um, but I'm also really curious too about like, well, what about, like, what do you, what is, what do you think about like selling creative work period? What are, what are your honest thoughts about that? Yeah. I, I think for me, like it is one, I think like you got like, you got to start with you. And so like, when I think about for me, I'm like, I don't have the, <laughs> I don't have the patience or energy right now <laughs> to like 
want to uh to want to make something that is then sold nor is it necessarily like a a necessity at the Mm -hmm. moment and like that's something that I recognize too and that's a like that's a privilege and that's something that like we all you know Mm -hmm. were able to kind of process for ourselves um but I do think like the uh you know it's less like the 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 what in a sense like Mm -hmm. I'm not as concerned with like you know, somebody selling something and being able to make money from it. Like there's actually, I think, really beautiful things that can come into play um, Mm. in the midst of that. But I do think it's a matter of like, well, how are we thinking about the, uh, you know, in terms of being able to sell a creative service or good or whatever it may be, like, how are we thinking about the money that we actually do make from that? Like, if it's, something that is uh you know thing about it is like is this supporting me in the ways that i need it to good like yeah i think we need to be in a position where like everybody has everything they need um is this something that is uh you know that can help my community mm-hmm. like better have the things that they need great um but I think that, you know, the the worry that comes into play with me is like, well, when does it, when does that then get skewed towards a place of like greed or mm. hoarding or further dehumanization or exploitation? Mm. Um, and that's where, uh, you know, those are the, you know, probably the most negative and you know mm-hmm. just harmful aspects of capitalism in a sense and very much at the the heart of it when it's like fully fleshed out um and so i i definitely like i love the idea of creativity like being a sense of love or communal care um mm-hmm. you know or even like personal care in a sense um and you know, it's, the hope is like, I think, and I I think the hope is like a world where we have everything we need Mm -hmm. and then creativity becomes something that like, we're able to take full pleasure in whatever that looks like for us, like not doing it as a means to survive, but like surviving. Mm -hmm. And then that is the like, that just makes life even more colorful in a sense. Um, But, you know, the reality is like we are in a fight to survive so much within the context of capitalism. And so, uh, you know, it's almost like creativity can sometimes be the thing that's like, well, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to, you know, find my time here and like make my survival, like, how can I do this in the most like life giving life saving way? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, instead of having to put myself in a position that is more so rooted in like dread and necessity. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love this conversation too. Yeah. Um, the entrepreneurs that I serve are asking these questions all the time. Like I want to charge like equitable rates for my services for example like i i i want equity i want a salary that makes sense for me to exist and not only to survive but to thrive in these times without it being muddled with like exploitation and like capitalism like what where's the line you know um right Right. And yeah, we're all kind of in this like that of America together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, and so it just becomes this like really big gray area that can be hard to parse. Um, do you think that money has a role in the the new paradigm that we're creating from the ashes of the pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> I I think it in a sense, like it, uh, it can. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think that the, 
like the way that the way that we've kind of internalized uh you know money in a sense is like money as a means of gaining power uh you know being able to gain leverage over someone else uh something that we can withhold from people to like to communicate to them that they don't have power um that there is hierarchy in place and so uh for me like i think that you know ultimately and daje may have been yeah i think you had said something uh when we had our clubhouse conversation a few weeks ago that like money would like in and of itself like isn't bad like it is you know very much like how it gets used and like what uh you know what fuel that kind of plays in the context of like the current system that we're in like the the dream in a sense is like that <laughs> money is uh, i want to say like money is like fluid money is like water like it's it's something that like it is the uh you know, in the same way that like something could be given for free in a sense, like that, that money is like the money is that like, it's not a means of like, it's, it's not the barrier in a sense. Like it's not the thing that's keeping you from like having what you need or that you use it to like get what you need, but more mm-hmm. so that it's something that like, uh, you know, is just a another, uh, it's just another matter of life in the sense of like being able to add more joy, life, mm-hmm. color to this existence that we're having. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the reality is like in kind of where we're at right now, like mm-hmm. the, um, you know, unfortunately, like money is such a, um, like we almost have to look at it uh you know with a critical eye because yeah. like the way that it operates within our society at yeah. this time is a you know is unfortunately like it is a uh you know it, it does denote value it does denote like um you know it, it does become kind of a tool of mm-hmm. dehumanization and or humanization um but my my dream would be that like, it doesn't have to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That money just remains as a currency and not as this like, you know, big force of human nature that we've made. It. It's like money right. has this, like is a body at this point that is right. pulling shots on who gets to have you know, access to, you know, physical measures of dignity and resources. Yeah, I feel you. I feel like in this time, a lot of people are, there's like a a trend that I'm seeing, especially in my circles, where people are really becoming self-responsible. And the Mm. term self-sovereignty is like circulating Mm. around and around and around. And I love it because it is all about like, reclaiming your own inner power yeah right like reclaiming the power that has been lost to an illusion yeah yeah um of powerlessness like we become self-responsible in relationship when we learn to share our boundaries and right you know even even like we learn to you know understand what is valuable to us and communicate Mm. that with our partners and our loved ones and the same is true i think like people are happening like that's happening with people with their resources like i can't tell you how many people have been like do you want to buy some land with a farm and like go live on the farm and figure out how to farm. I'm like, you know what? I don't know how to write. I don't know how to do farming. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> like I am like just keeping my houseplants alive sort of right now. <laughs> um, 
but you know i can write a fire instagram post and like (laughs) (laughs) like build a business like (laughs) i can do the internet (laughs) totally totally no it's Uh, it's it's the yeah no because i feel I, i definitely i feel it and i see it within myself of like the um I think one of the main things that the pandemic has showed us, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, is that like the things that we thought we could rely on, mm-hmm. we can't. Mm-hmm. Like the the institutions that tried to persuade us that we could trust them, like mm-hmm. we have seen like very clearly that we can't. And I think like that comes into play, like not only in the, the context of a pandemic, but you start to see, uh, you know, even with all of the weather issues that are happening around the country and power outages that have happened in places mm-hmm. like Texas and around like the, you know, folks are crying out for help mm-hmm. and it's not the government that's helping them out. It's, their neighbors like it's people and also people around the country extended community who are able to send money and support you know harm reduction services and mutual aid services and uh you know people who are on the ground just trying to show up uh however they can and so in that i know like for me that's been really uh I think just paradigm shifting in a sense of just saying like, Oh, like I was pretty okay with like believing that, you know, Republicans are bad. Democrats are good. And like the rest will kind of figure itself out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to enter into, you know, the, the hyper political context that we've been in with elections and uh, inaugurations and all that. And to just understand like, no, actually like the, the one, like the enemies aren't like each other. Uh, You know, like (laughs) we are all under, uh, you know, under the foot of like the same systems together. And so like, if we can begin to, uh, if we can begin to like better understand like who the, who the enemies are in a sense Mm -hmm. and recognize like, no, there are like very specific like systems at play, whether it be imperialism, whether it be white supremacy, patriarchy, capitalism, like, there are like actual like power structures that like so many of the other issues that we find in society are rooted in. And so like, for me, I think it's been, uh, it's been really helpful to sort of, you know, do my best to kind of detach from a lot of those different things and begin to see like, all right, where are the places like, where are the places where, like we can care for each other yeah. and protect one another. And like, you know, and, and that's not to say like, I'm out here, like going to live off of the land tomorrow and figure it all out. But it is yes. to say like, yeah, like, yes, we're in this. And like, this is, and because of that, like there are different ways that we have to show up in the world in order to like survive and keep our sanity. But it's also to say like, okay, I know, I know who to trust and I know what not to, what not to trust. And like, mm-hmm. with that, like, how can I, um, you know, ensure that like, I'm showing up for myself, that I'm showing up for the people around me and that like, mm-hmm. I am putting out a message to, uh, to the people that I'm interacting with that says like, Hey, we care for each other. We keep Mm -hmm. each other safe. Like that another world is possible. Um, And how do those become conversations that we can have with one another versus Mm -hmm. just like us thinking that, you know, we can kind (laughs) of stay still and like everything will get figured out. Cause unfortunately, like that's, that's not the case. 
Mm-hmm. I love everything that you just said. I'm really curious to, um, because I know this is also another question and I'm curious if you've asked yourself this question or you've been pondering on it. Yeah. But like, I feel like a lot of creatives right now, so many that I've encountered have been like, oh my gosh, yeah. The front lines, like protesting, like, Mm -hmm. you know, social media activism, it's all good. And I don't know if that's my role. Right. Right. As an activist or as someone who was activated toward this new world of collective power and collective freedom. Um, I love the graphic of social change ecosystem that went out earlier this mm. year and circled mm-hmm. around. And I just thought it was just a really beautiful depiction and a powerful um, just way to highlight how everybody has a role Um, And like, even what was on that graphic, I think it was like a weaver and like disruptor and like all of these different titles, like that could even be distilled even more to have like infinite types of roles. Totally. One, what do you think about that? And two, where do you see yourself in this social change ecosystem? Mm. How do you see your role in the way that we're shifting as a world and culture? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think the, uh, I love that you you brought that up, and I, I think the the whole you know grounding of that uh, that question is great because like the reality is I think we have all or at least most of us have come to understand like the way things are can't remain, and it's not enough to just like keep making kind of tiny changes within the systems that we're in, but that like, if we are going to experience full life, wholeheartedness, that like these systems can't remain as is. Um, And so with that, like that requires, uh, you know, both a destruction in a sense, a sense of being able to break down those things um, and, you know, in a sense, watch them burn but then also to say like okay like what is what is coming to life anew um beyond that and so uh you know i i think the the reality is like yeah like not everybody is going to be um you know like we can't i don't think we can expect everybody to be comfortable (laughs) or okay or want to like be an organizer or um, you know, to, to be out in protest. Like I know for me, especially just even in the simplicity of the pandemic, like it wasn't something that, um, you know, with different protests that were happening here in Columbus, like I wasn't in a place where I could necessarily be physically there. Um, you know, especially as you take into consideration safety and, uh, you know, spread of the virus and all that. And so for me, like it was saying, you know, I think there was some shame that came at the beginning of that, because like, especially for so many of us who we spend so much of our time on social media and seeing like these outward expressions of protest, like mm-hmm. we think that that is the, the only way <laughs> that you can mm-hmm. like truly meaningfully make change. But like the reality is like, the there are a lot of protests that have happened around the country that like weren't necessarily like super strategic and were just like reactionary uh you know but like weren't necessarily going to be in a position to incite some kind of change and were more so for like external (laughs) things than like actually being able to move the needle and so like and that's, that's no shade. It's just like, that's, that's the reality is like, not every kind of protest is like going to be, uh, you know, necessarily like what is needed. And, mm-hmm. you know, it could be good intention, but that doesn't mean like the outcomes are necessarily going to be what you want them to be either. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, like the, the, I think going back to what you said, Daje, like there are so many different roles 
that I think we have the opportunity to play and how we show up. Like some people are going to be, uh, you know, the the artists, the 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 Gil Scott Herons, the the no names, the uh, Nina Simone's, who you know mm-hmm. the the it's Tony Morrison and Audrey Lord's birthday. Like there are going to be those people who are like going to create these things that create these, these pieces of art that move people internally and maybe even externally in a sense. Um, there are going to be people like uh, folks here in Columbus who are, you know, every Saturday uh, setting up in parks and just providing free food for mm-hmm. people who need it. Um, there are going to be people who are like, Daje like yourself and I who Mm. we write and Mm -hmm. we you know we look to um we look to present ideas and Mm. open up space for conversations digitally that can Mm. help to uh you know that can help to shape the way that we think and move um and so I think with that like it's the I'm less uh I think the the reality is like not everything is going to uh, result in the outcome that we want. And that happens for organizers, activists, anybody. But Mm -hmm. I think the reality is like, if we can begin to understand that like, all right, another world is possible. What is the kind of future we want to see and begin to show up in the world in that way and try and like live our lives in that way and occupy the different spaces that we want to occupy as if we are in that future, then I do think that there is, uh, there is something of meaning that comes from that, that begins to uh, shake the foundations of this, uh, you know, the current systems that we're in and to understand that like, to just stay aligned with the systems that we're in and try and like, you know, try and move within them isn't like, it's fine, but it's not, it's not necessarily going to be disruptive. It's not necessarily going to like get at the, get at the root and begin to shake those foundations. And like, that's Mm -hmm. the stuff that like, isn't going to be necessarily always well received or understood. And like, Mm -hmm. that's okay. Um, And I, I think for me, like I'm trying to, uh, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time just over the past few months, like just reading and trying to learn and like understanding, like, wow, there's a lot that I don't know. And there's mm-hmm. a lot that like, I wasn't necessarily in, uh, a position where like I was receiving this kind of education. And so like, uh, finding joy in life and actually just like learning and being able to share what I'm learning and open up and opening up space to have conversations around these different things. As I know, a lot of us are trying to, uh, you know, are processing a lot of different ideas right now. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that could evolve in terms of like how I see my involvement, especially as, uh, you know, hopefully we're, we get to a place in the pandemic where it's safer for people to be together. And I know there's definitely some stuff that I want to be involved in, especially with, uh, with kids in my community, like once Mm -hmm. it's safer to do so, but for now it's kind of just like, it's, it's, it's learning, it's writing, it's trying to express, um, what I'm processing, hopefully in a way that can, uh, you know, open up conversation or inspire something in somebody else. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it. So good. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Okay. So we talked about all kinds of things and about your background. And we talked about like our window of poetry and capitalism and creative process. And what is all my favorite things? Listen. Yeah, I am really curious about, um, and this might be my last question for you, Alex, but what is the world that you're dreaming up right now? What are the, maybe give us three 
three specific things that you would love to see happen in this new world. Um, yeah. Oof. They don't have to be heavy. It could be Uh, light, no, no, but. I, I think that like one of the things that I'm really craving is rest in a world where people feel free to rest, that there isn't like a stigma of shame or laziness that's attached to that. And not even that like rest needs to be something that's done as a, a means of productivity. And um, I've been like uh, Trisha Hersey with Nat Ministry, just been mm-hmm. learning a lot from uh, her content over the past few months. And uh, I, I do think that there's just the, you know, I want a world where people mm-hmm. are are free to rest. I want a world where, people are free to enjoy themselves that Mm. there isn't this feeling like you have to be doing something else but that like the thing that you're doing can be something that you enjoy um you know at, at the most probably basic level like i want a world where no one is hungry where Mm. no one is uh without healthcare, uh, mm-hmm. where no one is without a home or a bed to lay their head in at night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I want a world, I think, and this is probably the, it's something I keep coming back to is like, I just want a world where people are okay. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't need everybody to be like, I'm great. I'm fantastic. I'm terrific. Like, I just, I want people to be okay because i think that that's something that i had put a <laughs> i had tweeted something the the other night that was just like lmao like how are any of us in quotes okay right now and mm. uh it was something that like a lot of people responded to probably just more than usual and i was like wow like that kind of struck a chord with folks mm. because like the reality is that like none of us are really okay right now. Like I know for myself, like I have, especially over the past few months, have felt like very behind um, because there's so much and there is not enough time to like do the things that I feel like I need to be doing, but also knowing that like, I don't want to, I I don't want my whole life to be work. And so like at a certain point, like I got to cut, I got to cut that off and step into personal life and like try and enjoy that and soak that in as much as possible, knowing that I've got to go back into work mode as soon as the clock hits 9am the next day. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think for me, like there's a, a not okayness with that because I know that like there's so much more for us. And so um, my, yeah, my dream is just like, I, I want us to be okay. I want us to dream. Uh, I heard uh, no name say this on a, a podcast the, uh, the other day that I thought was great. She was just like, I want us to dream a little bit bigger than reform. And I think for me, uh-huh. like, I want us. It was so good. It was so good. But I was like, I want us to dream like bigger than like capitalism, bigger than patriarchy, bigger than like these things that we've been told or like just the way it is. Like, I want us to dream bigger than just the bare minimum. Like, I mm-hmm. want us to be in a position where we can be able to like, just enjoy the things that we want to enjoy and really find full life and wholeheartedness in them. Love that. I think that is so powerful. I, oh, you have to share the name of the podcast with me if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to include it in the show notes. And yeah, I love that. I want us to dream a little bit bigger than reform. I want just I want a world where people are okay. And I totally relate to that feeling of like being behind, like critically yeah. behind since like December, just like 
oh my God, I cannot catch up with my work and I have to stop working or else I'm going to yes. become yeah. a, a little ball of like human melted on the floor. Totally, <laughs> totally, totally. It's I and that uh Dajay just just re, like for you and for anybody listening, like the podcast is louder than a riot. It's from uh NPR and it's about like kind of hip hop and political landscape of America. But their season finale episode was called Making Revolution Irresistible. And it's really cool because uh no name and uh abolitionist Miriam Kaba, they have like a like full like one-on-one conversation like kind of near the end of the episode and it's it's so good it's so good that sounds amazing and of course an episode titled making the revolution irresistible um who is that quote by uh oh i'm gonna put the quote in the chat because it's in the very beginning of pleasure activism and mm. my yeah. brain is at the end of the day and it's a little fuzzy right now but <laughs> that book is that book is i i started it i think after our clubhouse oh my gosh it's fantastic it's amazing well alex um where can people find your work and your writings how can people get in touch with you if they love these thoughts do you want to be traced down and gotten in touch with him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, are you trying to lay I, low right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I use, uh, I'm kind of in a place right now where like, I'm mostly just hanging out on Instagram and Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Twitter primarily, but I'll, I, I pop into Instagram occasionally as well, but it's uh, at Lewis, L-E-W-I-S, Alex 10, the number 10 on each of those. So uh yeah feel free hit me up uh Mm -hmm. i have like just different things that i've written on instagram and typically like those kind of a lot of those ideas will spark from just a thought that i had sent out on twitter and then parse out a little bit further on instagram so uh yeah feel feel free to check in with me there and i also uh i mentioned i've been reading a lot and so just try to share different things that i'm reading and kind of track uh track different books on there so if that's of interest Mm -hmm. to anyone uh i'm always down to talk Mm -hmm. talk books as well (laughs) yeah and you also have a podcast. Do you want to mention that here? I know yeah, that yeah, yeah. It's such a um, cool. It's you. <laughs> yeah, it's so thank good. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's it's called the podcast is called Alex and Koku, Alex plus Koku, uh, and it is a podcast that I host with my friend Koku Asamoa, uh, who's also based in Columbus, and really just it started from a place of uh, we. We're, we decided to do like this Instagram live series where we just talked about like our top 25, like favorite Kanye West songs through the years. And uh, it was cool because we just had so many like personal memories and stories tied to those mm-hmm. songs and different lyrics within them. And afterward, uh, like Koku texted me immediately. It was like, when's the podcast dropping? And hey. I was like, yo, like we're, we're we're at home not doing anything let's do it and so uh yeah we we did it uh kind of the last few months of 2020 and are hoping to get back into it here at uh you know here within the next few weeks and so there'll be some new new episodes dropping but new content yeah but the the first 20 i think we did we finished up with like 20 or so episodes that's amazing spotify and apple Podcasts, all the all the things so check us out so good so good well thank you alex for joining us on the babe school podcast we love your thoughts yeah thank you i'm so glad that we did this Pull up to the crib, I'ma put with the best strokes. Cut 
Thank you so much for listening to the Brave School podcast. You can find us on the internet at braveschool.co. You can also find us on Instagram at braveschool.co and find me, your resident story doula at the story doula on Instagram. I'm so excited to serve you. Thank you for being here, friend.